Hello and welcome back to another episode of Boys Gone Wild. Oh, I like this sort of voice. This is the kind of like radio, <laughs> how you doing? Welcome back to another episode of Boys Gone Wild. My name is Keith Daly and I'll be taking you from wherever you need to go because this is drive time, baby. Okay, right now we've got Steps coming up with their new single. <laughs> this is, um no, this is a podcast. Um... The Boys Gone Wild podcast, because I, I I'm worried this is starting to come across like um like a like a YouTube sh- you know those YouTube shows with like um sort of often quite unfunny American people but who've done a lot of research and they sit at a table and they've got like images and videos and stuff like I, I edit stuff into this but this is fundamentally a podcast a daily podcast so I don't want the pressure of like a youtube show because those shows though it might look a lot like one of those shows they they do like one a week or one a month and they do a lot of research i as i've said many times spread my cheeks and talk out of my anus that's how this show works so i want it to feel i want it to have the pressure of being a podcast so i will be talking shit okay it's daily it's gonna. There's gonna be a lot of bilge that comes out of my mouth, and that's just the way it is. So yes, I would not use this as a primary source in an essay. Um, no. Um, but yes, uh, I, d- I think it's been a month of quarantine. Uh, I'm having a yeah. I'm quarantine's fine. Me and mum doing what? This is the most time I've spent with my mum for a long time um, since I've been a kid, and it's it's weird because when me and mum spend a lot of time together, because we're, there's some ways the ways that we are similar are quite basically we when we it's just me and her we turn into sort of like we turn into like a like a new, a middle class New York gay couple you know quite refined um, like yesterday morning she goes uh, is it just me she says I'm in bed she goes is it just me or is it a blueberry cat pancake morning and I was like uh, bitch yes please like that actually happened. Um, so we spend most of our time talking about food, uh, cooking food, or watching old Hollywood movies. We're literally an, a bunch of queens from Queens. That's what we're like. Um, a bunch of queens from Manhattan. That's we, we, we know all the Broadway shows, all the hits. We have arguments. We don't speak to each other for like four days. Um, and But what, I'm, what mum's been pissing me off recently is that she... I can hear her on the phone because she's one of those. I'm not sure if you guys have mums like that. I don't know if it, it, where they spend their whole life just laughing on the phone. My mum, his entire existence is to be her on the phone going, ah-ha! Ah-ha! yeah, no, oh, no, really, ah-ha! yeah, no, I did see that on Radio Four. Yes, it was interesting. I never knew that about tulips. Who knew that they blossomed in? Antarctica, isn't that? Oh, yes, it was very interesting. Yes, he is very handsome, isn't he? <laughs> and then whenever you try and speak to them, uh, when they're on the phone, she, my mum will always be like, "Get out! Go away! I'm on the phone! Can you say I'm on the phone?" Yes, mum, I know you're on the phone, but I just need to ask where something is. What is it about older people on the phone that they have no conception that you can, you can stop that conversation for a second? Like, if I'm on the phone and someone needs to speak to me, and it's not crazy urgent, if I'm just catching up, I can go, yeah, what is it? Oh, yeah, it's over there. Just checking there. But if you speak to someone over the age of 50 on the phone, like, 
Galloway. I'm not. Can't you see? I'm on the phone. I'm literally speaking on a telephone. Can't you see? I am talking on a telephone. Yes, I can see you're on the telephone, Mum. Because it, 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 she, she acts like the role of being a telephone is trying to trick people to into th- trick the other person to thinking you're alone. It's literally like the way she speaks to me when I try and speak to her when she's on the phone. It's like the TV license man is coming around. And we haven't played the license. She's like, get under, hide under the sofa. Don't make a noise. Shh, I'll handle this. Shh, I'll handle this. Fucking ridiculous. But one of the films we watched um, was um, Sliding Doors. Uh, very shit film. Very trashy film. Made in 1997, the year of my birth. Uh, with not one Gwyneth Paltrow, but two Gwyneth Paltrow. Gwyneth Paltrow and Gwyneth Paltrow. Uh, if you are thinking, shit, I love Gwyneth Paltrow. Is there anything better than Gwyneth Paltrow? Well, how about this? Two Gwyneth Paltrows, okay? Um, and it's a very clever concept. It's a bit of a high concept film. It's basically like Christopher Nolan film, yeah? Uh, it's like Christopher Nolan films with a couple of laughs thrown in. Because, get this, you ready? It's like Inception. It's that sort of level of brain power being used. Uh, it's about her, uh, this woman whose life, sp- uh, it's about following this woman's life. Uh, one, where she gets on the train. One, when she misses the train. Uh, and they go in very different directions. Let's, that's to put it lightly. That is to put it lightly. Uh, and it really puts an interesting perspective on the idea of even the smallest decisions can have the biggest effect. But that's not the, the interesting part about the film. The interesting part about the film is, one, how shit Gwyneth Paltrow's English accent is. Just caught that train. I've been home ages ago. But two, the presentation of London. I'm sort of obsessed with British culture from the late 90s to the early noughties. Because it's sort of... a a, a golden period which hasn't been sort of untarnished by um becoming generic do you know do you know what i mean like the recent past is always a fascinating time because it's similar but slightly different it's like a weird uncanny feeling because things are very similar but they're just a bit off um because if you look at like the 60s the 70s the 80s uh we have such a clear idea of the stereotypes what they define them that they sort of you can't really view them properly for what they are they see like if you can have a decade themed restaurant like you can have an 80s themed restaurant there's no way that you can actually ever view the 80s properly the 80s can never we can ne- i will never be able to understand the 80s because i've been to an 80s themed restaurant which means that it's been boiled down to its kind of key components but the north is the 90 late 90s late 90s because it's still in that sweet spot so it takes about 30 years for them to become completely lost to kind of merchandise and stereotypes it's still you could still it's still a bit untapped um but i love noughties 90s london because it's this strange place where the economy's good uh, people dress awfully uh, you can afford to live in zone two uh, no one has smartphones um boot cut jeans are in fashion so much denim uh hair every single british man in the north as it seemed every single trendy british man because weirdly men back then were more camp and more homophobic it was still a time where a trendy man would go i'm not gay but say it like i'm not gay like it's a weird time where um the hairstyle of, of all men all british men 
look like you'd woken up, looked in the mirror and said, yeah. No British man from the from 1997 to 2005 ever touched his hair in the morning. Well, they probably did, but they try to make it look as much like they're just woken up in bed. Giving Hopefully, you get a cow lick. Because the ideal thing is to make it look like you've been attacked by in a pillow fight. Like any, if you look at any of the members of Busted. Um, but at the end of the film, they played Dido, um, which oh, just for me, they played the song Thank You Dido, which is actually written, for the, uh, which is her biggest hit. And it was actually written for the film Sliding Doors. And when I saw it, I just got this clear vision of that time. This sums up late 90s, early noughties London. Our parents were fucking jiving to this tune. Then they left me on my The amount of profound thoughts our parents have had to this song is unreal. Like, I'm sure my mum, I bet my mum. Want to thank you for giving you the best day of my life. Like, there's no way that there's no way that my mum didn't listen to that when she still loved my dad when I was on the way and thought, like, God, I'm so grateful for how great life is. And little did she know. Um, that just reminds me. I've got a funny story about, uh, but in 2014. Um, at Reading, I think it was 2014, at Reading Festival, which is for people um, outside the UK. It's like a, it's a coming of age thing. Uh, when you finish your GCSEs, you go to Reading Festival, you take drugs for the first time, you get absolutely spasticated out of your mind, and it, you reach a high that you spend, you, ch- you spend the rest of your life trying to recreate. Um, and when we went to Reading 2014, I think the headliner was Eminem. Um, and of course, all of my, me and my friends were, are white, so Eminem was a, a big deal. Um, we of course knew all the lyrics, but w- w- headliners at Reading nominally have a, a support act, so we were talking about who it was going to be. And there was a big rumor spread around the camp that the, the support act this year was going to be Snoop Dogg, Snoop Diggity Dog Dogg. Um, and I was very excited because. Uh, having Snoop Dogg and Eminem both in the same smelly field in Reading is quite an exciting time. Um, but Eminem was like, are you ready for my special night? All the way from London. Please welcome the stage. Dido. Dido. And like, I'm a huge fan of Dido. Don't get me wrong. I, I want to thank you for giving you the best day here of my life. Ooh, but Dido, it was it was disappointing because I was watching Eminem to get away from Dido. Uh, yeah, maybe me watching Eminem and Eminem bringing on Dido. It's it's hard to get much wider than that. That is a really spectacularly white, isn't it? Um, and it was funny because when 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 Eminem left the stage, uh, he did. He was leaving, and then he, you could see him as if he'd forgotten something, and then he turns around and goes, <laughs> which I just love. I love the thought process that Eminem must have gone through um, to be like, 
oh shit, I forgot to tell the, f- the crowd of 30,000 people who have come to come and see me to go fuck themselves. Oh shit, fuck off. Um, oh shit, I'm, ru- I'm running out of time, so I'm going to quickly run through to the Boy Gone Wild this week, which is the Wheelstone Raider. Um, do you guys know who the Wheelstone Raider is? Uh, he's the guy who did... Uh, you got no fans? You got no ground? You want some? You want some, I'll give it ya. You've got no fans? You've got no drowned. They're fucking ults are playing well, I'm telling you. Well, you want some? Hey? You want some? Well, the ults are playing well, wouldn't you? You want some or what? what? You read. You want some They're fantastic. They're fantastic. Basically, he's an old pisshead, uh, quite a strange little man, who supports Wildstone, which is a non-league football team, and someone recorded themselves basically jeering at him, and he responds by challenging them to a fight. And it's funny, uh, it went very viral. Loads of vines had, you want some? I'll give it, yeah. Um, and he became an internet sensation. Um, before you know it, from there, he uh, had got, uh, he started doing music. Um, this song, right here. He managed to get a song. This came to number five in the charts. Admittedly, hate to say it, but the tune fucking slaps. Woo! So this strange little man who has not never come close to fame in his life, uh, is probably you know he's had a lot of problems. Um, gets pissed at a non-league football game and before he knows it he becomes an almost household name like me and my friend were obsessed with the wildstone raider um and he started doing like they started carting her around nightclubs around england for him to just go on the decks and go you got no fans and people fucking loved it he had meet and greets he had fan meet and greets but why he's fascinating is because it's sort of like a new type of fame that's never has really been seen where he's not even like a youtuber or a TikTok star, or a reality TV star, like all these things that were kind of new, YouTubers were new five years ago, um, reality TV stars were new like 10 years, 20 years ago, but he's one of the first memes, he's just a three-dimensional living meme, so your relation to him is a fame, it's not that he's been in the Big Brother house, and you've watched like, 20 episodes of him being a dick it's for 36 seconds in his life he said you want some i'll give it yeah and now he's doing club tours around london he did that song he did this song fans fans i mean it's a fifth in the uk charts fifth okay so from that video this 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 poor guy made it to fifth in the charts and i feel sorry for him because it's must be some people aren't cut out for fame and some people are not built for it and some people shouldn't have it and didn't want it in the first place i saw an interview with him where he's saying like they said if you could live your life again what would you do he's uh, he said "I, i wish i'd never gone to that fucking football game and like fair enough to the poor guy because he's being 
used by other people to make money. And if you're getting offered money to give wish people happy birthday, of course you're going to take it. But now he's got this life that he doesn't belong in. It's just a very weird thing. My my friend uh, even got uh, him to say a birthday, paid 30 quid for him to wish his mate um, a happy birthday. If you want some pledge, I'll give it to you. Good luck, you cheeky cunt. I'm using your virginity and getting that epic victory royale. Have a good one, mate. All the best. Um, it's just ridiculous. And the moment where I realised, wow, fame is changing a lot, is when I saw an image of the Wheelstone Raider on a stag do, handcuffed to the stag, to the, to the groom, the guy getting married. How mental is that? You can now hire the Wheelstone Raider, you won't Sam, to accompany you on a stag do. That's how far we've fallen. You can think of like, I don't know, in the 20s, like what celebrity was then. It'd be like Charlie Chaplin or like, you know, Greta Garbo. It'd be these people who, they belong us in this kind of heightened astro plane where you, they're mysterious, they live a different life. They, the fans are just desperate to even have a smell or touch of them. Now you can, for the right amount of money, you can pay a celebrity to fucking tie yourself to him. Like this is not, these aren't fans who uh, are desperate to meet someone they like. These are people paying for a service to turn him into a sort of fame slave. Um, it just, it, it made me really sad seeing this poor little fella who, he's a roofer. And now he's become to, ninth, to fifth in the charts. And the worst thing about it, the thing that really is the worst, is that if I saw him in the street, I would get way more starstruck than if I saw, I don't know, Tom Hardy. It's just weird. A guy from a meme, if I saw the Wheelstone Raider walking down the street, I would get so much more excited than if I saw Tom Hardy walking down the street. Because it's, you want Sam, you got no fans kind of guy. Uh... I've run over again. I'm trying to keep these shorter. I don't like it when I run over. But there's just so much fucking juice everywhere. Um, yeah, cool. That's the end of the app. Um, like, subscribe. Tell your friends. If you are enjoying it, just tell your friends. Um, I'm going to just keep on trying to do this every day. Remember, it's a miracle when anyone of these comes out.